0: All right, Shaggy. Well, this was a uh, tale of two teams. The Colorado Avalanche get this one back. But for a little while, I don't think a lot of people in Avalanche fans or in Avalanche land were really looking like this thing was going to go back to Seattle one to one. But this is what makes this Avalanche team so good. There's no quit, no quit in this team. And even though down two to nothing, they scratch back, score three unanswered, win it three to two and we head back to seattle one to one a lot to get to on today's of locked today's episode of locked on avalanche let's get to it
1: your locked on avalanche your daily podcast on the colorado avalanche part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets LOP and underscore avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, lockedonavalanche at gmail.com. Follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, and, and subscribe to our subtext, too. The uh, link to that is in the show notes below, and you can subscribe to that and talk to Kyle and I on a one-on-one basis. All right. <clears throat> um, wow, man. So this is what makes playoff hockey uh, so good and at the same time so frustrating because you have a team like the Abs who – Ended the season very well, right? And we're we're going into this series feeling like, man, they're going to like bowl over the the Kraken, but you you felt really good about how they were going into the series. It's what you want, right? And game one, not their best. Uh, And game two started off worse. Horrible. Uh, Maybe one of the worst periods that they've had all season. You don't want to say that when it's going into the postseason. But somewhere along the line, they were down two to nothing after the first. Uh, Somewhere in the second period, things changed. And they get two goals in 48 seconds at a third by Devon Taves late in the third.
1: And there you go. There's an avalanche win. Yeah, you could see it. You could see it. This is like equivocal to D2 the Mighty Ducks when the Ducks are just, you know, they're playing Team USA Hockey. And then they go into the locker room and they change their jerseys and they just get back to Ducks hockey. That's what this was. like: Game one and the first period, the Avalanche knew what they needed to do and they kept trying to find ways to make it happen. And Mm. that second period, those two quick goals, the Avalanche started to believe they could do it. And they just got back to work. Uh, We kind of made fun of the one-way, our-way mantra going into the playoffs. And it's starting to take effect. It's starting to become real because the avalanche got back to their one way of doing things. And it's just getting to it, like getting getting out from between the ears and just putting that production on the ice, just getting it done. Quit figuring out how to get it done. Just do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point in the season, everything is just muscle memory, and you're just you know, you know where your teammates are going to be, and that's why they throw those uh, outlet passes and and get those transition passes, and it's just impressive. I, I never get sick of seeing those. It's just like they know where their teammate is going to be, and for the game before the game one, and I talked about it, those passes were just a little bit off in period one of game two it was even worse like they were doing nothing right they were just seems like they were just going through the motions and and maybe that's you know uh that's being nice is to say they were going through, they, they were they were horrible um i don't know if it had something to do with the line changes uh they, they they did break up some lines i was surprised they broke up the defensive pairings you know, he broke up mccarr and taves I, when I saw that, I'm just like, I wouldn't do that. I'm okay with you breaking up forwards because you've been doing that all season. I, I didn't think it was really a, a time and a place to really break up uh, the four or the excuse me the the defensive pairings. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that was the, what the problem was. If you want to go break up the defensive pairings, this team should be at the position where it's just like, okay, that's fine. We'll just pick it up, right? But like you said, like it was just. In the second, when when they when they got those two goals, right? Um, then things just started opening even even a little bit before, like it was like those two goals were right on the verge of when they started to turn things around. And that makes Seattle get out of their game plan. Yeah. Because that game plan was working to a <laughs> T. Seattle can't, they can try to keep doing the same things, but they have the mindset of like, well, they've figured it out now. Like what we've been doing for four periods, four and a half periods now, they figured it out. We can't keep playing that way. We need to change. We can try, but are they going to score two more goals in 48? So it, it that now it gets into that chess match and the mind game. And you're right. The abs just got back to doing what they do. And that is forcing the issue, imposing their will. And it you saw it on display for the second half of this game.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's funny you bring up the d pairing split up because I thought that was a really good idea in the moment. Because let's let's face it, I know it's hard to say, but the Avs were getting out like outplayed. They were being outskated. Everything. Uh, out yeah, Seattle, Seattle was is fast. They're very fast. And yeah. when you break up that decor, when you play like McCarr and Taze and split them up, you're going back. You're you're getting them out of their comfort zone. And we talked about the passing in game one, especially in that first period. A lot of lazy, nothing going right. It's just kind of off comfort. Like you you get so used to who you're playing with. And you saw that with Nate and Miko being broke up and put on two different lines. Like you're getting them back to, okay, we got to make this work. And getting out of your head when you're making those lazy passes, the frustration mounts because you're like, it usually works. This usually happens. He's usually here. When you take that aspect out of the game and just get back to okay, let's make this work and get that line working together and that deep pair working together, that's when things start happening and those two goals changing and that that taser laser in the third period looked like something that they were talking about in the intermission of hey, we got to get on these rebounds because Grooves is starting to allow things to be a little juicy. We yeah. need to, you saw that with Nuke coming in. And just as soon as he got into the offensive zone, he skates over to Ovechkin's office. It takes a backhander that just purposely goes off the pad. You like it was that was the game plan going into that third period. Like things are starting to click, and the whole team responded. (laughs)
0: Like they know he's gonna give up some rebounds and they have to be there to collect them. Seattle makes it a little bit difficult to do that, but like I said, once that that game plan gets blown up, then you can start doing things your way yep. and not how Seattle's forcing you to do things. And that was just so weird to watch in the first, really the first game and the first period. It it was like watching a completely different team that just didn't know how they were going to break through uh, on this Seattle team. Yep. It. And, and I'm not saying that's what they were thinking. I'm sure they were thinking, like, we just got to keep grinding. And then, so, you know, if we keep – we've been doing this long enough. Uh, we've had a full season behind us of we just keep grinding. when things aren't going our way, eventually they will. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and, and once it did, it was completely different team out there. The team that we've, we've known for a while, you know, pretty much the last couple seasons, uh, arrived. Yeah. And man, it was like, welcome to the party, boys, because it, it, it was, we've missed you. It, it was just, I, I can't explain what I saw in that first period. I can't explain it, but I can explain everything else that happened. And that's, that's the Avalanche team that we
1: know. And, you know, I think something that's going to go underrated, and I want to mention it now because it might be something we take for granted for the rest of the playoffs. But ESPN mentioned it in the broadcast, and in the moment, it felt like hyperbole and just making something out of the moment. But Yorgiev's save on that three-on-two, yes. they said this might be the one that turns the playoffs. It might just be the save that turns the playoffs, because yeah. after those initial two goals, Yorgiev said that's enough. And he stood yeah. up and said, "That's we're done. And he took that game over. The defense responded to this confidence and the way he was making those saves and the forwards fed off of that. If you wanted to see a moment turn from one player, I think we're going to look back on that save and your gift standing up after letting in those two initially and not again. How often do you hear that during a broadcast of
0: like, remember that save or remember that play or, you know, and, and most of the time it doesn't really come around and you don't really go back too many times and be like, told you, but no, for, for this, this argument, that's a hundred percent accurate. That save, it was a three on one. Yeah. Those usually get buried. And I know the, the Kraken uh, forward, I don't know who it was, uh, fumbled it a little bit, Yeah, but not enough. Like it, to where it, it, it completely threw him off. He fumbled a little bit, but still had I don't want to say a wide open net, but a, a enough net there where he still should have buried that. And he didn't get any lift on it. And Grubauer stuck the pad out. Or excuse me, Grubauer stuck the pad out. <laughs> Georgiev, the yeah. other G. The uh, other G goalie. Yeah, stuck the, the pad OG. Out. <laughs> uh it it was that, yeah, that that saved him. You, you might be right. man there there are those moments yeah. that turn. And then you can look back on the series and say that could be it, you know. And 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 once the fans start getting back into it with that Evan Rodriguez hit, uh, it was just everything just came back. Yep. And it was nice to have Avalanche Hockey back. And that's but this thing ain't over, obviously. <clears throat> um, Seattle's here to play. And that arena is going to be rocking on Saturday night. A lot to get to more of with this uh, this game, obviously. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay a guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time and after all it's easy to bring home a win when the parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. All right. Um, yeah, it's, it, I'm glad you mentioned the Georgiev stuff because uh, he did. like you, they, they got the, the one thing that you did not want to happen uh, happened. Yeah. And that's giving up another early goal um, and then – you know, I, I don't it was interesting. Like when you watch the the that play, that first goal, Makar commits to the puck, mm-hmm. right? It's going up the wing. And I didn't have a problem with that because if that, that guy was so much up against the boards, he doesn't have he only has one way to go, and that's inward, right? So it's it's in towards the goal. So I feel like Makar made the executive decision to like I'm going to go play the puck and keep him along the boards, but then he didn't. He he kind of committed to the boards and then backed off a little bit, and that gave who who was the one who uh, I, I don't want to just say that guy, uh, Tolvanen who who found Schultz, right? Yeah, you gave him enough space to make that pass. You don't ha- you just have to be there to just disrupt it a little bit. And it was just very odd to see McCarr not do that. Now, if he didn't want to commit to that, I feel like he was in a a win-win situation with every choice he wanted to make. Um, And he made the decision to go to the boards, and then he backed off. And that was the bad decision. Yeah. So I'm not really going to put that first one on um, Georgiev all that much. And then then the second one is on the uh, shorthanded goal by Seattle, where the Avs just kind of got lazy in the corner. Yeah. And should he have stopped that? Yeah. I do think he should have stopped that one, but it shouldn't have been there to
1: begin with because the evidence should have been a little bit heavier on the on the boards for that. Yeah, that that mcar decision making, that was one of those moments that, like we mentioned in the in the first segment, um, the avs were being too cerebral. And you could see the the processes just going down the list in Macar's mind, and he just kind of you know, just short circuits there for just a minute, like
0: yeah, it was a he's, split he, second, and that's all it takes.
1: We talk about Makar's <laughs> hockey IQ all the time, and you could see him almost have like a Doctor Strange moment where he sees all the timelines on how this is going to go down, and he just takes the choice, and it wasn't the best one in the moment. And yeah, you don't want to see that goal, especially that shorthanded goal. You don't want to see Yorgy no. let those up, but it was that was almost like a awakening. Going into that second period intermission, like, hey, like we can't play like this. Let's get out of our head, like. And I know they talked about it. Like, Kale, what was that decision making there? Why'd you pull <laughs> off? We could do better. And that shorthanded goal was just like the wake up call for the whole team. We can't do this uh, anymore. Yeah. Something has to be adjusted. And you saw that from that point on.
0: Yeah, and the, the the shorthanded goal when that happened, it was just. I think, I think it was Makar that was in the corner and then uh, JT Confort kind of joined him and it's like how are you not coming away with that puck? Yeah it, it's two on one and, and th- how did they get that pass? Uh, I think it was Tanev who hit that second one yeah right yeah
1: yep. it, yeah it was and it, it was almost like one of those goals when you're playing EA Sports uh, NHL mm-hmm. like 23 and it happens and you're like the game's broken. Like this shouldn't happen, <laughs> that but should it know, happened. It should, no, um, that's and honestly, it was it was a one of those moments that I'm telling you the decision making went from cerebral to production on ice in that single moment. Like it might yeah. have been a something the Kraken fans were rallying around, but I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back for the Avalanche mentality.
0: Well, maybe the mentality, but it didn't really uh, translate to on ice until. Uh like halfway through the second. Yeah. Um, because even not not even halfway because well, when did those two goals come? Um 642 in and 730 in. So yeah, maybe like the first quarter of the of the second period. Because it started off. All right, we're good. We're back. All right. That'll glitch in the matrix. <laughs> um it, when when the second period started, it still was a little bit uh Kind of going the Kraken way because why wouldn't it? They were still playing yep. that style of game, uh, but you saw glimpses of it. you saw glimpses yep. of the but you saw that in game one too, and and the Kraken pretty much just shut it down for a little while, right? Or for all, every time, every time it seemed like the Avalanche were maybe tilting the ice a little bit, Kraken would be like, nope, not having anything of it, and I was just looking forward to I I, I just wanted a good shift. Yep. You had none in the first period, none, and I was just looking for one just for something to build on and even in the first you had you had a, the, your first power play when you know Seattle was controlling everything I I wrote a note down I was like at least just have a good power play even if you don't score on it because a lot of times that can carry over yeah. into the five on five um and they they didn't they didn't really get much on that in the, the power play but it, you know, you, you just crumple up that that first period and just throw it in the trash because it was it was complete garbage. But yeah, I think after two go- after you give up a shorthanded goal, y- you can either, you know implode and just be like, we don't have it, or you can be like, what are we doing here, guy? Let, yeah. let's, I think like you're right with the whole like, let's get out of our own heads here and just start playing hockey that we know how to play. Um, and once that happened,
1: it was it was a whole different hockey game. It yeah, was, you could it was beautiful. You could visually see it was like the Avalanche were pushing up river, like they were fighting against the current, but they were strong enough that they kept pushing. Like, even though both power plays were ineffective for both teams, and the avalanche came out unscathed in that four on four after the game was tied up. Like you saw the shots starting to rack up for the avalanche, like the decisions, like you saw the avalanche pushing. And the Kraken starting to, pardon the pun, but starting to crack. Like <laughs> they felt the pressure, and they started to panic a little bit, especially with how they played defense and how they were handling things. You saw them starting to like, oh, okay, things are a little different now. We got to adjust just a little bit. And you saw a right. lot of like eyes darting around. Like mm-hmm. the body language is something we also talk about a lot with this, uh, this team, and especially the Kraken and in this one. You see that they started to feel that that pressure mounting, and that. They made somebody really, really mad, and they're going to pay for it.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, – you had to get them out of their rhythm. Yep. Um, and the way to do that is score goals. You know what I mean? Like, even though the Avs had a, a good amount of shots on goal in the first, but nothing was getting through. Um, and and the Kraken, you know, they can play that way for two games in a row, and if you're not scoring goals, st- their confidence is still through the roof. Uh, But you have to put pucks in the back of the net. And when you get two of them in 48 seconds, that messes with your opponent's mental state. It does. because, Because they go from everything we have right now is the Midas touch. Yeah, Everything we are doing, everything right, everything according to plan. And in 48 seconds, it blew up. And now they're thinking, is that because we screwed up? Or is that because, like I said before, they figured it out? And maybe it's a little bit of both. And instead of just saying like, okay, forget about it. Two goals in 48 seconds. Fluke thing. Let's get back to our game. They didn't. And and they pressed. And they just gave the avalanche so much space, which was their calling card in game one was to not do that. Yep. And you saw Nathan McKinnon with, with more time and space. And you saw cleaner uh, zone exits and cleaner zone entries. The the tape-to-tape passing just it was like a, a flip of a switch and and the as were doing a complete 180. It, it was just two completely different games wrapped up in one. Um and unfortunately for us or
1: fortunately for us it, it obviously went our way. And you know yes. this is this is a really good time for the series to go to Seattle um because the Avalanche could continue to push on this like making the Kraken uncomfortable because the Kraken are looking forward to getting back home. They just got sure. kind of embarrassed. They just dropped a 2-0 lead against the defending Stanley Cup champion. The possibility to have the series 2-0, and they lost it. They're looking forward to getting back in front of their home crowd. And the Avalanche, what they're continuing to push and build, and how they broke things up and made their self uncomfortable to make this push. They mm-hmm. got to go into <clears throat> Seattle, a hostile environment. against. It's their first playoff game in Seattle. That's exciting. We got to continue yeah. to. It's not going to get easier. We got to keep pushing because the next two are going to be rough, tough. Yeah, they
0: are. <clears throat> and I don't think the Kraken. You know, they can't get in their head about how they they lost this game. Uh, they have to leave saying like, "We did what the visiting team wants to do in the first two games, and that's split." Yeah. And if they get too hung up on how it happened. Um, you know, that's going to carry over for them into, into game three, maybe not right away, but you know, you never know. Um, All right, let's take a look at some stats here. Then we got our sound check to get to as well. Um, Abs 41 shots on goal to 29 for Seattle. And what was it in the first? It was, it was 11 to 10 shots on goal in favor of Seattle in the first, but I, I think the avalanche had like one in the first 10 minutes of this game. Yeah. So they, they got, you know, some more on net as the first period went on uh, 12 to 16 in the second period. And then six to 15 in the third period and both those second and third in favor of the, the abs. So they only gave up six shots on goal in the third period. Clamp down on defense. Yep, got to do it. So, uh fifty-five percent to forty-five percent in favor of the ABS and the face-offs. Both teams zero for two on the power play. So I don't think we've had a power play goal yet.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I don't think so. I'll,
0: let me double check, but I don't believe we have. I think I think the ABS were zero for one of one was zero for three. The other one was zero for two in in game one. I'm almost positive. Um, how about this one, man? And I'm going back to the crossover there with uh, Erica, how we were saying like two teams not known for their physical nature, Kraken with 40 hits, the Avs with 50. 50. Got a little chippy out there. It got a little bit chippy out there, which is fine. You, you yeah. like to see that stuff. Um, but it again, I don't really think it ever crossed the line into anything being dirty. Just, you know, some, some scrubs and some face washing after a puck stoppage. Um, that's what Josh Manson is there for. Yep. And it seems like that's all he's doing right now. He, he's committing penalties, which he needs to smarten up on, on some stuff like that. You, yep. you know, it, it was an okay hit that he gave. I don't remember who it was, but he kind of came through with his hand and that's, that got him in the face, which that's what they're going to call. I didn't have any issues with the hit, but um, I don't know. I, I know he's just coming back, and it's you know usually it takes maybe a a game at the most. You think in a period or two, but um, it's it's rough going for him right now, and I think he's trying to get back into the flow of of the game through physicality.
1: Yeah, and I think he's cranked up at eleven. And he needs to bring it down to a 10 because I Mm. think he's too emotional uh, playing the game. And I feel like that's starting to like he's trying to catch up like he's missed this team. He's missed being a part and he's playing too emotional. and That's where the penalties come from, because, I mean, a game with 90 hits, it didn't feel like it was like a, uh, you know, like a old Detroit Red Wings Avalanche game. No, it felt like a evenly matched contest. But Uh. if you're getting too emotional, that's when the penalties come around. And that's what's a problem for Manson. Yeah. Um, I mean, you did have a couple penalties that were because of, like, scrums
0: that just wouldn't end. Yeah. Um, Then there was one towards the end with Adam Larson and Evan Rodriguez, which I I kind of felt like that was equalizing penalties and they didn't really need to be. I don't know. I I don't know how you call Larson for holding um, and then Rodriguez for slashing when he gets, like, Larson is kind of, like, hanging over uh, Rodriguez, and if that's the penalty, Seattle had the puck. Yeah. Call the penalty. But you called the penalty when, when Rodriguez gets away from him and then slashes him. I don't get how those are equally penalties, but whatever. I'm not going to harp on the refs. I thought they did fine.
1: Yeah, it felt like they were trying to control the situation at that point. Yeah,
0: and, and things didn't get out of hand too much, so. Uh, stats for the Avs Rodriguez with an assist, Nechuskin and Lekinen, or with the goals. Uh, Lekanen also added an assist, Bo Byram with an assist, Taves with uh, one and one, Makar with an assist, and Sammy G with an assist. Wow. So you have uh, four defensemen uh, between your, your four defensemen, have one goal and four assists. That's a good Dave by your defenseman.
1: That's why you put three D on the power play in game one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, some people still don't like that, but I, I, I'm okay with it. Uh, and actually, as I'm seeing this now, the three stars of the game: can three; Lekkinen was two, and Devon Taves was your number one star of the game. You're going to get that with the game-winning goal. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I'm just in awe of how this team can just turn it around um when when things just look dreadful they can turn it around and
1: just give you hope and remind you of why you root for this team you almost feel like this was like one of those arm wrestling matches that you have with like your your sibling where you make them feel like they're winning and you're like oh oh you're gonna get it and then you just like you turn it on that's what Mm -hmm. that that second period felt like and hopefully it translates to the rest of the series we shall see
0: Uh, So the last bit of info we got to do for today is, of course, our sound check. And uh, Kyle and I pick one song each that we feel best summarizes the most recent game. These songs go up on a playlist over on Spotify. So just load up the app and search for LOA sound check. This is volume number two. So what are you adding today, sir, for the game two between the Colorado Avalanche and Seattle Kraken?
1: We're going, I know this is a shocker. We're going 90s hip hop. We're going portrait. Here we go again. Don't want to play the same game. This ain't the time to make a scene. (laughs) Like, it's like this, it's that vibe. Like, it's that swagger, the confidence, the abs are back. Like, you've got that feeling. Like, you don't want to play the same game. It was so ineffective in game one ineffective in that first period um it's not the time to make a scene like you don't want to start getting visibly frustrated and throwing up your hands and feeling like you're hitting a wall because you know better you know you're the better team it's time to start playing that way and get that swagger back and it's happening yeah
0: absolutely and then that's kind of the the road that i went down a little bit um and i know you're not a rolling stones fan and i i i I'm not like a a huge Rolling Stones fan and I didn't really intend I think I picked a stone song not even a month ago. It was it was pretty recent. Yeah. Um and I didn't plan to do it again but uh this this kind of fits this game that the Avalanche played perfectly. And and how we said, you know, it's basically the tale of two teams and something happened in the the second Where a a switch went flipped. And that's what I'm going with with the Rolling Stones song called Flip the Switch from the Bridges to Babylon album. Um, Because that's really, I think that was happened.
1: ACDC's worst album was Flick of the Switch. They had a song, uh, an album very similar called flick of the switch it was like flick <clears throat> flick the switch it was a it was like a white album with like pencil drawing art it was one of their worst albums oh really yeah i don't know really? why i went down that route well but i didn't pick that one so I... <laughs> it's smart and you know <laughs> yeah like my hatred for the stones and being so overhyped that's a good song it is that, it's that, that's what i will it. listen to it. it's uh
0: it's it's just a good old-fashioned rock and roll song so, uh, and it fits the abs for flipping the switch. So there you go. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap this thing up. I'm really looking forward to see what happens in game three. Yeah. Because I want to see what the Kraken do. Uh, what Like n- now the AVs made their moves, right? Yeah. They made their moves and it worked out. They got the win. So now it's Seattle's turn to maybe they got to change something up. You heard during the broadcast them saying like <clears throat> that Dave Hextel was saying like we play one way. I don't know if that's the best thing to do when it comes to playoff time. You might get away yeah. with that stuff in the regular season, but when you're playing the same team day after day, you got to change stuff up. I can't imagine they're going to go play the same exact way because the Abs, to an extent, figured it out, at least for that game. Do Seattle go back to the way that they were playing and hope that it just corrects itself? I don't know. It's a we'll bold see. move, Cotton. We'll see how this plays out. See if it pays off. All right. <laughs> Uh that's going to wrap it up for today everybody thank you for tuning in making it your first listen of the day always appreciated um yeah we'll be back I know the game is on Saturday and we probably will record Sunday for Monday would be my guess but we'll see if it's a crazy game and we just have to talk about it maybe we'll do a late Saturday show but we'll see All right everyone thank you again for tuning in and uh we'll we'll catch you guys over the weekend or on uh, Monday this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. He's Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. Catch you guys later. Go abs. Go.